This is To Dare is Human with your host, Adam Connor. Season two rolls on and on. Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. I'm Adam Connor, and this is To Dare is Human. If you're new to the show, I encourage you to go back after this or before this and listen to our last episode with Trevor Oldham, co-founder of top motivational platform Become the Lion. That's episode number 46 as we move towards our original 2017 goal of 52 episodes for the year. But I think we'll probably be shooting right past that. And the reason for that is because starting, well, right about now, I'll be hosting a few newly booked podcast interviews on Instagram Live. That's right, right on my page, at To Dare is Human, you'll be able to watch as I dive into dares with incredible individuals and all in real time, which means two things for you. One, you'll get a little view under the hood of what recording a podcast actually looks like for me, and number two, you'll be able to react and comment in real time, including asking your questions live on the show as we progress through the conversation. I'll be sure to publicize these live interviews widely across all my social media, at Tudera's Human, wherever you are, by the way, and I hope you tune into those. Today's episode is the first of those live features, which I recorded a little earlier this week. Before I get to that, though, let's quickly run down the concept as I do at the top of every episode. In this podcast, I dissect what I call the dare, the conscious choice to make a leap of faith and jump into your passion in the face of a safer, more conventional life path. Each week, I, a Harvard grad and nationally recognized public speaker with an eye on Hollywood, seek to break free, if briefly, from my traditional 9-to-5 life to make that jump myself back into presentation and entertainment through sharing the stories of those who have made the dare before me. If you're curious about that Hollywood mentioned, by the way, I encourage you to listen to episode number one, titled How I Got Here, to hear about my brush with Tinseltown and the lean back, as Sheryl Sandberg would call it, not Fadjo away from my passion and towards a safer bet. It's my goal ultimately for this show to share with you and collect for myself these volumes of vaults into dreams, into dares not deferred. Today I have a story which stretches across coasts and life chapters. Victoria Winters is a model with spreads across Playboy, Juicy Magazine, and elsewhere who made that trip to Hollywood in pursuit of simply making it, and continues that journey today, most recently advancing deep into the running for being recognized as Maxim's Finest for 2017. I sat down with her to discuss the ups and downs of the modeling industry, from keeping momentum to dealing with harassment to starting a family, and explore the twists that come with the turn at the end of the runway. I was especially taken with her raw enthusiasm and candor with which she approaches all aspects of her journey. It's a more down-to-earth version of the dare, which I hope you enjoy because it tackles a lot more of the frank questions which come with dropping everything in pursuit of a dream. So, without further ado, from our first To Dare Is Human live podcast, this is Victoria Winters. So I, I, we connected originally just because I had noticed the sort of things that, that, that you were doing across Instagram and being in the voting for Maxim's Finest. And I was just clicking around and trying to find stories of people who looked like they were just on their way up or making a grind or trying to make a personal brand happen. Of course, on Instagram, you see that everywhere. But I decided to take a little more look at your, uh, at your profile and your story and saw that there was much more to it than just 
uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm modeling on Instagram. There's, there's a, there's a lot deeper story. And I anticipate that the story is always deeper there. So it's nice to be able to jump into, to one of those, I guess the way I'd like to run this interview and for everybody watching, I'm going to put this into sort of three or four chapters. The first being that early inspiration of how you got into modeling when you knew you wanted to do it professionally, make a living out of it. And then that move out to LA, starting up, getting on the scene, being on billboards, being in Playboy, all of this stuff. Then uh, moving back East, starting a family. And now how you're marrying the two. So how to move forward and, you know, create the continue to create and curate this personal brand uh, while while also having sort of a, a what people might call a real life stereotypically it could be a, you know, schooling or a job or family. Uh, that being said, let's dive. So let's dive straight into it. So uh, your story begins, I would imagine, at a very young age. Really? Yeah, and that right there is a huge setback right out of the gate because a lot of models start when they're like, you know, 6, 12, 14. You know, by the time they're 15 years old, they're walking in Paris Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week. They've been on the cover of Vogue. You know, they're, you know, leaps ahead of where I've even began. So, I mean, I always like, I remember being like a toddler and people stopping my mom and I out and like, the grocery store and she they would be like oh your little girl is so pretty and then like I never saw it until like I was almost like 20 years old sure I mean yeah it was just it was kind of a rough start I guess to say because I had all of those setbacks but I just knew that it was something that I wanted to do because by the time I was 18 you know I was graduating high school I was about to start college and everybody's you know trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up mm-hmm. and nothing was really appealing to me when it came to what my friends were doing. You know, my friends were, you know, going to school to be like doctors, both physical therapists, you know, um, surgeons. It, it was crazy. It was like nothing that I really wanted to do. Sure. But, and it was never, and it was because I was never really good at those things either in high school. Like I sucked at science. I was horrible at math. Like, you know, like I couldn't take a field and like the, like healthcare guidelines because I just wasn't good at that, which is so ironic because I currently work as like a dental assistant. So right. again, like I kind of overcame my suckiness of science to kind of <laughs> get to get to this point. But yeah, it was a little start, a little rough at the beginning. <laughs> so, so okay, you have a, a load of friends, everybody around you, going into these what you might call sort of more standard paths, you know, get, getting into getting into STEM degrees and going into careers there, taking the nine to five, but you, you felt a calling in sort of being, being artistic, you know, and, and your aesthetic I'm sure became very important. I, I imagine things like fitness and nutrition, things that come along with that were also passions of yours heading into this. Now, what, what, at what point did you actually make that decision? Like I am going, I'm just going to go and do it. Everybody's going to be, you know, scientists or whatever. I, I'm going to do modeling. Was there a moment in particular where you were like, you know what, all those years of, of people coming up and saying, oh, you have a very pretty daughter, all that. Now that's when I'm going to turn it into, to a living. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were, I wouldn't say there was necessarily one specific point, but there were a lot of little points that led up to this part. I mean, it was, my high school teachers, you know, constantly telling me to shut up in class because I was so outspoken because I couldn't keep my mouth shut because I just wanted to talk to my friends. Um, I've had coworkers tell me that I'm very like eccentric and like don't belong and like behind a register because right. I'm 
too bubbly and like personality. And then I had one teacher who was a college professor, um, a science professor, actually tell me like, why don't you switch gears and go into communications and do like broadcasting or like TV hosting? Yep. And then I think that's when it clicked. I think that was when it clicked for me because like I knew that I was comfortable speaking in public and talking to complete strangers as if I know them. And that's when it clicked for me that I really did need to change paths. And so, you know, thankfully I was still in that first two year period of my college education where I had that opportunity that I didn't technically lose any time. So at that point, that was when I finished up my first two years at a community college and I quit. And I told my mom and dad that I was, at the time I worked my way through college. I've never, I always had a job. Sure. And so I quit college and I continued my job and, um, I eventually just kind of packed up my things and left. <laughs> so that just and first of all, I'm sure that was a bit of a heart attack moment for 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 uh, for the parents there to be like, hey, by the way, um, yeah. peace. Uh, yeah, but you. So okay, you make the decision. You know what? It is time. I'm out of here. I'm going now. When you booked your, I want to eventually get to the point at which you booked your first gig and what that moment was like because that's that I imagine that first breakthrough was like, oh my god, I made it. You know, everybody, yeah. you know, I'm sure has that moment at some point if they're pursuing something they really love. And they finally see the first successes from it. Did that happen before or after you made this big move across? Because it was across the country, right? You, you packed up everything and just flew straight away. Yeah. So what had happened was I was working on my portfolio. Like, so I quit college. I was working on my portfolio yep. while, I was, while I was working this nine to five, working with local photographers, kind of just building myself up. And one day I just, I met the right person and um, this woman kind of helped me submit my work. She kind of told me like, no, you need a little bit more of this and that. And so I tweaked it a little bit and I worked with the local photographer and this woman and I sent these photos to Playboy. And at the time I was still living on the East Coast. I was living oh, okay. in Virginia. No, I was still living on the East Coast while I was doing all, all of this. And Did you say you were in um, Virginia? Yeah, I was in Virginia. Oh, that's yeah. where I live now. Cool. Yeah, Virginia Tech University. So that's oh, nice one. Yeah. Go Hokies. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. So we do this photo shoot and the photographer and his assistants were like 
shoot me and then like they would look at the photos and they would like whisper and they would be like nodding their head and like smiling and like giving good energy and then I remember like we braked for lunch and they were like would you want to work with us again and I was like of course right and they're like okay well we're gonna submit you to be one of our cyber girls of the month and that very first shoot that we did was my first editorial that came out on playboy.com it was the one in the blue lingerie it's like everybody's favorite and it was like it was a huge hit and ever since then it just kind of snowballed into more shoots with playboy it was awesome it was great so after that shoot i went back home and i like remember working at my nine to five and being like i hate this all i could think about was like how much fun i had at the shoot like how like how good it was to only work for a few hours and make some decent money sure where i'm like literally no joke like washing shit out of beakers and stuff like that like it was it was not what i wanted not glamorous not enjoyable so i ended up putting in my two weeks notice and then i drove across the country and i left (laughs) wow that is so and before i get into the sex thing i I just want to uh do a quick shout to everybody listening in hey we've had over 100 people in and out of this uh, show and so you know hello to everybody that's that's currently here who has come through if you decide to come on back we're, t- we're here with Victoria Winters talking about uh, making it in the modeling industry and we're, we're just at the part of the story where uh, she has completed her first and this is the question I was gonna ask was that your first shoot then yeah so the my very first shoot with Playboy literally went so well that it was the first pictorial that was released on playboy.com it was like the one of I think four or five that I did with them Wow so. So that what a lucky break. Now you know it's said often that in any part of entertainment that it's it's mostly connections. So what what a fortuitous like like occurrence that must have been to even find that person who who just said. I mean, what, what were the? Can you go back to the circumstances around that? Like you know, you just a person just said like you said hey, you just struck up a conversation. How did that happen? It's it was so long ago that I can't even remember like remember or pinpoint like specifically how I met this person. Is she just kind of like into my life wow. as if it was like meant to be sure and unfortunately some of the things um between her and I went south and you know but things happened for a reason she came into my life it was great and like the thing is too it's like it was I was at a point too where oh this lady could be completely full of shit and mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't listen to her I definitely shouldn't trust her because I don't know her but it was weird because like her and I just kind of spoken and had this like relationship as if we did know each other forever sure <laughs> it was like this immediate like kind of sense of trust and you know what i also like what the hell did i have to lose you, like, you know what i mean yeah totally I, ar- I already like quit college my parents were pissed at me anyways i was working a shitty ass nine to five so it was like what like what else do i have to lose sure I yeah kind of went with it, go ahead and it happened <laughs> yeah seriously and i think i think for a lot of folks you know that that um that story, I mean, any any story of jumping into a new thing is is in part fueled by that mentality. Like, what do I have to lose? In some cases, the answer is, well, not that whole, you know, not not that much. In other cases, it's like, well, I don't want to lose what little I have. But regardless, those jumps happen, and so you find yourself, you know, on the back of a conversation that you didn't know maybe whether to fully believe or not, and it ends up being your your first big break. Um, yeah. So after, so Playboy happens, right? Puts you on the map. Obviously, uh, you know, people start to say, whoa, who's Victoria? Like, this is awesome. Uh, you know, I want to see more of this content. More content starts to come out. What happened immediately after that? Like, how did, how were you able to, to, to take advantage of that moment? Or did people come flocking to you to say, hey, we saw your work. We think you're great. We want you to do X, Y, and Z. And also, like, with that, 
was there I mean because I have to I have to imagine that in that in that first shoot right it had to be if that was your first shoot like, it has to be like pretty nerve-wracking like how did you deal with I imagine what all this flood of attention must have been immediately after and just as you said coming from Virginia working some nine to five you know just having a sort of a regular life all of a sudden everybody's you know jumping on top of you one in one in your time and attention how did you how did you manage that I mean at the time when the stuff very first came out I only had a Facebook <laughs> so I only had a Facebook I had a Twitter but I wasn't very active on it so it wasn't like too much of a flood of attention except for like the little world that I was in. Sure. So it was basically like everybody that I knew knew because, because also because I was in such a small town. So it was like I go to the local bar and the bartenders that was my sister's cousin's brother, like, you know, <laughs> it like just knew. And it was it was crazy. It was really crazy. And honestly, by the time those editorials had came out, I had but I was just in town just enough to like kind of take the heat I guess you could say and then I left and then when I was in LA for about a couple of months another pictorial had released so I was already settled in LA that I had stopped previously with Playboy so I'm getting like phone calls from my mom and she's saying we saw your new pictorial up on playboy.com and so is everybody else in town and every time I go to the grocery store now people are asking me what I think about it yep. and I grew up kind of like in the bible beltway so me taking pictures of my clothes off was absolutely like oh my god this girl's going straight to hell <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask like what like so what happens that you know somebody gets approached in the grocery store I mean like I, I often say with most of the people who are jumping into something new that, that I find oftentimes it can be a crude public now I imagine that somebody approaching your mother in the grocery store will not fit that bill but perhaps uh, there, there are folks out there and we'll get to this in a second who, who, who do react that way now being in the bible belt and obviously having this sort of pictorial must have raised some eyebrows yeah and I Mm. She should know better. We went to church with her, like, you know, like all these things. Sure. And my mom's like, you know what? It's great because look at what you're doing. Like, my mom has, like, literally said that. And, like, because she, like, eventually just got to a point where she was like, you know what? She's out there doing what she wants to do, taking steps in the direction that she wants to go in. Right. And she's, a, she's an adult, you know? I was, I, when those pictorials came out, I was 20 years old. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not like I was. 18, 19 years old, like, I was old enough to understand and know what I was doing. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you sure, you know, we're, we're working hard to prove them wrong. And it's good to hear that you had this sort of support at home. Now, you know, obviously not everybody has that, uh, that, that support, you know, especially with like such a, such a wild reversal of like, you know, what, what was, what was meant to be in terms of like, you know, you're supposed to be, uh, you're supposed to go to the, the nunnery, you know, whatever, like, yeah. you know, you're supposed to turn around and now do this, but but you blew right past that, and so work started to come to you more and more uh, in LA as I, as I was reading about you, because it, 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 it extended out from from just Playboy. And there were a couple of other things that you got involved with too, like in that in that first in those first couple of of, of months. Yeah, I went shot with a um, private photographer out in Texas who did some work. He had his own website and stuff like that, and I worked with him, and that was a great experience. That helped me get a ton of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every little bit of work that I did it would just kind of just built built on each other you know more followers here and there I remember at one point I had like 600 followers on my Facebook page and then I think in a matter of like a week and a half I had like 5,000 and then all of a sudden 
know, it's crazy. It was just like with every little bit, people just wanted to follow me and constantly know what I was doing. And sure. that, it was awesome, but it was like weird at the same time because it's like I'm nobody special. Like, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like, I just quit my nine to five like three months ago. Like, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. But I think it probably has to do with a lot of the, you know, just confidence of going out and being a public figure in that way. People just, it was magnetic. I often find that it's like, you know, with any story about that, the the numbers and the following quite literally follows like a, a story like that and a journey like that. And uh, that that is crazy growth, by the way, to go from a couple hundred to a couple thousand. Like I wouldn't know what to do with my, if my page went like that, I'd be, I'd be, I, I don't, I don't even know how I would take advantage of it, but social media like within this last couple of weeks I went from like 3,000 to to like 8,000 mm. I'm now up to like almost 9,000 followers and I'm like where are you guys coming from like <laughs> where are you finding me that's right I, I don't come up like <laughs> right exactly and and it will definitely we'll definitely talk about that as, as as your sort of more more recent endeavors and building up uh, you know again the personal brand and, and getting getting yourself out there obviously that that grind never ends and it certainly uh certainly did provide some some notoriety uh, recently but uh back back to the middle the middle of the story here before we get to that part uh you're out west you're doing your thing you're you're building momentum you're getting followers you're getting jobs are you i think i also also saw at one point you were on a billboard is that right oh yeah yeah i did a um hair campaign for bbk hair shout out to them i still follow them on instagram <laughs> <laughs> shout out to bbk if you're here <laughs> yeah yeah they do um specialize in like um extensions both like clip-ins and like sew-ins and stuff um for all ethnicities all hair types it was great yep um and i happened to know the photographer who was working with this company and the company wanted a blonde hair blue-eyed white girl and i fit the bill and I got in on this photo shoot, and um, the photos ended up being published on a billboard. And I remember waking up that morning, and I had a notification from the photographer, and she was like, check this out. And it was like her taking a photo of the billboard. And I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to because it's like, what's it like? I mean, you know, they always talk about, you know, the stereotypical, I want to see my face in lights and or my name in lights. And at this, you know, it's sort of a similar thing, I would imagine, to be like, wow, you know. That's that's me up there. I'm really making it. Look at me, mom. Like, check it out. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, not in in that same photo that was on the billboard ended up being published in a magazine as well. So I mean, it was it was crazy. And again, it was just knowing the right people, just being real and being a, like an authentic person and staying in good connections with the people that you work with. Yep. And again, that, that's why it's important to pick and choose who you want to work with and making sure that not only do they have good intentions for themselves, but they have good intentions for you as well. Sure. So, sure. Which, totally. You know, I've experienced both sides of that. So. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit as well. I uh, want, want to pause quickly, say hello to everybody. We, we've had hundreds of folks in and out of here. I just want to do a quick shout out to everybody who's joining. Flex Rogers, thanks for the hearts. Kay Norval, uh, Andrew525, Liberty Extracts, Paddle Surf MG, Alison. Th- these are all folks that have joined in the past minute or so. I could scroll up and up and up, but uh, I, I want to stick to the conversation here. We're here with Victoria Winters talking about uh, her, her journey to uh, become a model model and a model parent at the same time. And we're just about to jump into that chapter of the story. We've just just finished talking about being on billboards and being in Playboy and getting lots and lots of attention and lots and lots of notoriety. Uh, and, and of course, as with any of these stories, they, they all come with their little uh, happy turns, as was uh, your journey to uh, becoming a parent and, and, and starting a family. And then that added a whole new chapter to this story, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
um, I met a guy, and, you know, we, we hit it off. We were, I would definitely say at the time, we were dating. We were definitely, like, an item. And then all of a sudden, you know, oops, I missed my period. Like, right. <laughs> so, um, then that was, like, a whole other emotional roller coaster with that right there. You know, the decision of, like, what you want to do um, as a woman, whether or not you want to go on with it, whether or not you want to have a life with this significant other, um, you know, adoption, you know, things like that. And I talked with him, the father and I, and he was all for it, wanted to have a child and he was, you know, a responsible person. And that's why I decided to go through with it. You know, I had his support. I continue to have his support. He's a great father, great supporter. Um, and it was definitely the right decision that I made. It was a tough one. It was a very tough one going back and forth of, you know, should I do it? Should I not do it? And once I decided to have her, that's, you know, we were going to live out in LA and we were going to raise our child and it was going to be, you know, just him and I. And at that time I had just kind of said, fuck it to the modeling thing. And I was just like, well, there it went. It was, it went right down the drain. Sure. You know, I was so close to like doing what I wanted to do. And there it went. So for the longest time, I was like trying to swallow that pill. Like, I don't know if you've ever taken a pill and it kind of gets stuck in your throat. Right, right there. That's how I felt about it. I felt like it was just always right there. It could never go down. Like, it could never completely push it away. And, you know, there was people that wanted to work with me pre-pregnancy that then found out I was pregnant. And then after I gave birth, still reached out to me and was like, you know, hey, send us some photos. How do you look? And I was like, meh. This is, this is what I look like, you know? Like, if you want to take new photos of me, you have to be aware I have a scar down there now, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you got to edit that out. So, you know, there's a lot of disclosures that I had to to give out, and, you know, people still wanted to work with me. And that was, that right there was like, you know, another little bit of push that I needed to con- try to continue to do it. Sure. So, yeah, I was, I was, that's always, I mean, first of all, I think it's a, it's an incredibly, you know, empowered choice to say, you know what, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to have a family, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to get right back into it. And, and people just, they're still, were like, interested in all that, because I, I really get, while I cannot have that experience of being a mother myself, I, I do understand that, like, you know, it, it can, some folks think, I mean, my, my mother, my mother quit her job to raise, raise her family and to raise me. And it's, you know, it's all about, when that happens, do you end up ultimately going through with like, it's, it's all over, it's done. Do do you, you put it like, if it's, especially if it's like something that you weren't necessarily planning on, is it something that you, you jump back into, to real life after that? Like, how do you put all the pieces together? But it is excellent to hear. And I'm sure that you had, you know, the support of everybody around you and, and also to, um, you know, to, to get back into it. And now, you know, of course, now you have a, you know, you know, I have a daughter to, you know, to, to, to be able to share all of these experiences with and to, to be able to, you know, you're working for, you know, you're working for yourself, obviously, to promote your image. And you're also doing it to make your daughter proud, I'm sure. And, and also to, you know, to teach her, you know, what it, what it means to, to make your way in this world. And so I think that's, um, you know, I think that's an incredibly empowering thing. And, and um, having the support of your family, though, as I also read, meant uh, meant a trip back out east. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So we were going to raise our child out in L.A. And um, we actually went back to the East Coast to have a baby shower with all of my friends and family. And then we took all of our baby shower gifts and everything to L.A. Um, and 
because I was pregnant and um, I couldn't get the duffel bag. We put everything in a large duffel bag and we brought it back with us. Mm-hmm. And um, so I left it. I left the duffel bag full of baby stuff in my car, and it got broken into and stolen. All of my daughter's mm. baby shower gifts gone. And I'm talking like pacifiers, lotions, bottles, like everything you would imagine somebody would to get at their baby shower that was in this duffel bag. I mean, it was giant and it was gone. And not only was that gone, I mean, we're talking like pocket change out of like my middle console, like my charger. Sure. Like they just like completely raided my car and took it all. And that was probably the lowest point of my life at that point. Cause I was like, holy shit. Like I moved across the country and I found this great guy and everything was going so good. And yeah, I'm having a kid. So what? We're going to make the best of it. And then this happened. And I was like, where, where am I? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if this is going to happen and I have no family out here to help me once I have the child, like, what am I going to, like, what am I going to do? And so it was kind of like a panic moment. And I told my significant other, I was like, look, like I'm going back to the East coast. You can either come with me and we can go back to where you're from or you can stay out here and do your thing and we can figure some shit out later and I can just go back home to Virginia. And he was like, no, we're going to do it together. We can go back to Rhode Island. I can get a job there. I can get you a job there, blah, 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 blah. And so that's where we ended. We ended up here in New England. Um, We actually came out here when I was eight months pregnant and then a month later we had our daughter. And yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I I mean, what a twist and a turn. And I, and I, I was not expecting that that middle story, that low point. And again, I, you know, you, you hear that all the time where folks have what they think their breaking point might be. And that's such a petty. And of course, like, yeah. you know, being a victim of getting broken into and that it, that that is not abnormal. But the fact that like, you know, it's so much more I meant I, I bel- it's probably much more meaningful than that, which is like, you know, being a parent is like on top of everything else, like pretty damn costly to like put it all together and like. You know, yeah. that seems like, okay, well, if nothing else, at least I've got this. I've got the support I've gotten. Maybe it's, you know, everything that was in that bag was like, it meant like a start of a new life and symbolically have it torn away. It was just like, that's, I'm glad that you were able to come back, uh, you know, and, and find yourself in a place of support. You know, we're just going to make yeah. it happen, as you said, and we're going to move on. And of course, now, like, like, like we were talking about before, uh, now you have this beautiful daughter to share all of your experiences with. And as we also mentioned just before that, before we got on that little, uh, tangent about, um, you know, moving back and forth and what are we going to do? You decide, okay, well, guess what? We're still, we're still on the path. Like I'm still going to be a model. I'm still going to shoot like, you know, right. I'm still going to get work and I'm still going to put myself out there. So now with that new layer of, you know, uh, of, of life, uh, you know, brought in, what, how did you start to, to put it back together? And was it just, you know, was it reaching out back to your contacts that you had? Was it people reaching back into you? Because, you know, you knew that you had to get back out there on the page, but uh, with this with this new surroundings and new environment, how did you start that off? It almost sounds to me like starting over again, even though I know it obviously wasn't, but it's like climbing up a whole new mountain. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, um, once I got to a certain stage of my pregnancy, you know, I wasn't shooting anymore. I wasn't very social on... I wasn't very active on social media, you know, I wasn't really putting myself out there. So, you know, I'm like this fat pregnant lady who wants to like, you know, think that, you know, nobody feels pretty when they're that pregnant. So, (laughs) um, it was, everything kind of went quiet. So, you know, I kind of lost my contacts out in LA because I was already back on the East Coast. Um, I didn't know anybody in the New England area that I trusted to work with in the same type of format that I was working with with Playboy. So, you know, it was 
it was really, really hard because I legitimately started from scratch in this area. Um, I had taken so much time off that I had to completely rebuild my portfolio again from scratch. And I've actually done that twice now that I've been living in New England. I've completely rebuilt and reorganized my portfolio to project different images. And right after I had Adeline, um, it was literally um, a friend saying, oh, yeah, I had my senior pictures taken by this photographer. He may know somebody else that could help you out. Mm-hmm. And that's where I took it. I, I took that information and I reached out to that photographer and he gave me someone else's name who gave me someone else's name. And I just kept following up on these leads because I what else did I have to do? You know, at this point, sure. I was a stay-at-home mom. So I was doing it. And I finally found the right person. Um Lori Brandt, shout out to Lori, man. My portfolio is covered in her work. She is amazing. And um, she really helped me to, you know, rebuild my portfolio, helped me to expand with and meet different photographers. She helped me kind of get involved in the fashion and modeling industry here that's in New England because, you know, we're only an hour from Boston and three hours from New York. And, you know, Providence, Rhode Island itself has a pretty, you know, decent modeling industry and so she just kind of helped me get wrapped into that and you know this industry is just more or less all about word of mouth and that's just kind of how it grew and um again I took some time off I rebuilt my portfolio I reached out to people there wasn't much of a take on it um because I still hadn't lost all of my baby weight I wasn't what I wanted to be you know um so I took some time off I needed to get a job because like you said babies are costly so again, I just kind of put it on the back burner and I went to school for a year and I got my degree and well, not even a degree, I got a certificate in dental assisting and that's currently my nine to five job now. And from, from the time that I started working, again, I'm in the office and people are like, you are so pretty, you should be a model. And I'm like, shut up, that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I used to do, God damn it. Yeah, right. But I'm here cleaning your fucking teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, again, it was just like people always being like, oh, you're so pretty. You should blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I had already a pretty good stance with the photographers here in New England. So I just rebuilt my portfolio again. And I, from the beginning of 2016, my New Year's resolution was to get signed with an agency in 2016. That was my goal. I was going to rebuild my portfolio. I was going to do what I needed to do, and I wanted it to be an L.A.-based agency because I eventually want to get back out there. Yep. And um, so starting January of 2016, my New Year's resolution was to make sure my waist was back down to 24 inches like it was before my pregnancy. And so I reached out to one of my friends who was into, like, personal training and fitness and nutrition, and he kind of helped me out with, like, a workout plan and a meal plan. And I followed it. I checked in with him, you know, long, like it was long distance. So, you know, we're constantly emailing back and forth. And from January 2016 to about July of this year, I almost reached my goal. I got down to a 25 inch waist. My body looked great. My portfolio was awesome. Um, and then this was when the Maxim Finest competition started. And yeah. I went back out to LA and I accomplished my goal. And it's all uh, good. So I'll just kind of. Now I'm back, again, I'm back to like square one all over again. You know, like I'll catch a little bit of momentum and then something will happen and then I'll have to like start over again. Right. But I'm, I'm 
to avoid that part this time. I'm trying to just kind of keep rolling with it. Yeah, there you go. And uh, of course, uh, having seen some of the the, the more recent uh, content that you're putting out, uh, you know, across social media, um, it seems like that uh, that that led to a good amount of traction, of course. And and for those of you listening, by the way, hello to everybody. We were, these are, I think we're up to hundreds now. We've been in and out of the of the, of the live stream. So uh, welcome if you are here for the moment. We're, we're here with Victoria Winters talking about uh, you know her journey into being a model, model, and a model parent all in one, and just now talking about her recent journey being in the competition for Maxim's Finest 2017 uh, and, and talking about uh, you know all of the, the attention that brings, but then at the same time, also having to find the next opportunity. What is the next play? How do we build up? How do we continue to grow our following and retain the traction? Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, as with anybody in the entertainment industry. Let me ask you this, Victoria. Now, you know, after this Maxim thing, I imagine there there is another, you know, it's the next step. What's the next either competition? What's the next pictorial I'm going to do? What's the next, you know, job I'm going to have, you know, and um, what sort of, I guess, like, that the you mentioned like having the goal of getting back down to uh, 24 um f- fitness and nutrition i imagine that brings a lot of of pressure and anxiety into it now you know just because maintaining a super slim physique like that like has got to be has got to be at least decently taxing what, what was your what has your journey been with like that like how do you retain like the mental toughness as well as the physical toughness to to keep yourself ready and shape at a moment's notice you know if i'm getting work and getting work and it's because of where i am in the moment and not because you know of, of where i was six months ago when i had some measurements taken yeah uh, it's it's really hard to stay in that because sometimes with modeling your work isn't always consistent yep. um you know, not always getting gigs every day or every week or you know every month especially if you're a freelancer like myself so um again it's just kind of like my failures (laughs) it's the the fact that I've failed so many times and it's just like that's just not an option anymore it's got to stop so that's kind of the mentality behind me like always wanting to eat right you know getting up at 4 30 in the morning to be at the gym at 5 a.m before I go to work type of thing um it's just the fact that never know what your next gig is going to be so you have to kind of stay on top of it and to be honest though like the gym is kind of like my happy place um as a mom and as a working mom I don't get a lot of time to myself so me waking up at 4 30 in the morning to get an hour to myself is no big deal and it also kind of benefits me with my career as well um but now that the holidays are coming up it's going to be so hard to stay on track sure <laughs> I may take I may be a little more lax with all of my stuff just because it keeps balanced. <laughs> yeah, sure. You got you got to be reasonable at the end of the day. And uh, for folks who are followers to Dare is Human, and actually in a second here, we have a, a viewer question that I want to ask as well. Uh, I myself am embarking on a sort of a 100 day journey, 100 videos, 100 episodes to go from sort of, and actually specifically in the fitness and nutrition to go from being, you know, in an area of like, pretty, pretty lax, like way of handling it to, to going and just get into a better place. Of course, I'm not going to get a 24 inch waist. You got to look at Victoria for that. But for me, it's very much just about being on a better schedule. Am I going to get to four o'clock in the morning, waking at four 30 in the morning? Probably not. But, um, it's something that, you know, I want to get to and, and to make some progress. Talking of making uh, progress and, and, and standing out from the crowd, there's a question here from Flex Rogers One. I want to make sure I, I ask that out because it's a pretty good question, the one I was going to ask myself. How do you end up standing out in a place, let's say, like LA, but really anywhere in the, hey, by the way, thanks, Unique Millionaires, for the for the shout out. Uh, how do you stand out in a place like LA when everybody's just trying to make it? And I imagine, especially in the entertainment industry, I want to touch on this lightly because, you know, of course, in the news uh, today, talking all about these stories that end up coming out in the Me Too campaign and all this, or the, you know, folks are being harassed. Like, how do you stand out in an area where there may be other folks who are just really, you know, desperate to make it? How do you stand out in an environment like that? 
Yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that comes from within. Um, I've seen I've seen it firsthand. Girls, you know, going off with perfect like producers and you know casting directors and all of that stuff, and you know, it's that in that temptation comes in front of every single model all the time. Um, if you've been any type of successful model and that hasn't come across your table, then let me know what the fuck you're doing. Cause <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah, it's hard. I mean, the question is, like, for me personally, I feel like I've always standed out in a crowd in some sort of way. I mean, whether it be moving from the, you know, southwestern part of Virginia to L.A., just talking to somebody, I stand out because I've always had an accent. I have that southern twang. You know, I say y'all. I don't say you guys. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. In that aspect, you know, you stand out. Um, But it's also, you know, knowing what you want and knowing how you want to go about to get it. You know, I could have, I could have easily, you know, slept with millionaires that could have paid my way into Vogue or New York Fashion Week or, you know, whatever it may be. But, I guess because coming from the Bible Beltway, you eventually have to draw the line, and I am not willing to do that. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. So, you know, show a little skin, flirt a little bit, but, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, it's hard, but it's definitely there, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, it, it, even, even, I would imagine, outside of... That, that industry, which has been recently sort of, well, probably not recently, but in, at least in the news, tainted in that way. I got to also ask because, you know, I mentioned before that it can be a crude public. Now, nowhere is that more true than in the world of social media. You see it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the time. People, you know, hating, you know, how do you deal with, and I don't want to say haters. I'm sure everybody gets those, but like, especially in the modeling industry, got to imagine a bunch of creeps. How do you deal with that, you know, being open to the crude public that might, you know, not not be so well-intentioned? Yeah, um, luckily, it's a lot easier to deal with um, via social media than it is to deal with in person. Yep. Um, thankfully, I haven't come across too many creepers in person just because I, I feel like I have a very good sense of, like, energy with people. Like, you know, like I kind of tell, like, uh, you know, if you got to you're a big creeper or you know you're super gay or like whatever it may be like just by like your energy i can kind of fill you out sure um, but via online it's really it's hard man it's it's a lot of harassment and it's not just from men it's like from women too like women like saying like oh like you're too skinny you need to go eat a cheeseburger or mm. your nipples are too big or your hair is an ugly color or like you know what i mean like oh that lingerie looks shitty on you or like you know it's just like it's stupid like shit like that and then you have like these men that are like oh come sit on my face or like the things i want to do to you yeah right and then you have like some that are, that people are like oh you're you're a goddess and you're so perfect and you're like you're perfection embodied i've had somebody say that to me recently and that like really took me by surprise because i feel like everybody i feel like perfection is relative so to say that i'm like perfect is kind of like mind-blowing to me but i mean you get it all but with social media, at least when it becomes too much, you can block certain people and then eventually it's just out of the way. But you also get to choose who you allow to like make you feel a certain way. And for a lot of times, if I don't know you personally, I don't give a shit what you say. I don't. Unless you're my daughter or my mom and dad, <laughs> then I don't give a shit what you're saying. <laughs> so, 
positive or negative. I appreciate all the positive support and the negativity, especially from the women, give me a lot of drive. So I appreciate that because I do love cheeseburgers and I would love to have one, but it's not on my meal plan. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's no meal prep that involves packing a cheeseburger in the fridge every day. Yeah, sure. Um, Got it. Well, uh, okay. So let's talk about and fast forward to not only today and, and of course we talked a little bit about the max and work and a little bit about the jobs you're currently doing, but we're getting towards the end of the year. You know, like you said, it's about holiday time, which means it's about to start up with a new uh, year. Of course, with that always comes uh, goals. Now, I, I, this isn't a New Year's resolution question because we're not formally tasked with doing that until December 31st at about 9 p.m. But I do want to ask if there are a couple of sort of goals for for your for your career where you want to be, say, a year from now. What uh, what would you where would you like to be? What would you like to be doing? Um, a year from now, I'd like to take my career in a completely different direction. Um, I'd like to kind of put modeling a little bit more on the back burner and focus more on acting. Um, a year from now, I'd like to be in two national commercials and maybe like one music video or like one cameo on like a reality TV show. Um, so those are some pretty high goals considering I don't have any acting experience whatsoever. So I have a lot of work to put in ahead of me, and um, I plan on taking, you know, like this winter break on putting that into, like, into motion and setting up a plan. Um, I don't know if anybody follows me on Twitter, but if you do, you'll see a lot of times around, like, 9, 10 o'clock, I'll tweet out that I'm smoking and plotting. <laughs> and um, more or less, that just means that I'm sitting down and I'm clearing my head and I'm making out my goals, and I pick a goal and then I kind of work backwards from it to figure out what I need to do and what little steps I need to take. And I just kind of take it as that one little step at a time. Now that would also, I would think those goals that you mentioned involve perhaps a move back out West. Most definitely. If everything goes as planned and I'm able to book these gigs, then I will definitely be moving back out West. Gotcha. Now, do you think that would have to come first or second? And I want to go to actually another question we've got in talking about the importance of uh, networking virtually versus actually being there. So what's what what direction would you have to go? Would you have to go out there first and then do it? Or could you do you think you could start to build a plan here first and then go? So um, I've been speaking with some of my friends out in L.A. and they more or less want me to, you know, get my acting down really well. I would fly out there for like a week, go to as many castings as I could, see what I book, and then basically we would kind of take it from there. If I'm getting a lot of bookings and I'm doing well at my castings um, and there's stuff that I need to be going to like every week, every other week, um, and the time and the money is just kind of there for me, then I would probably move out there and then kind of reassess my situation and readjust my goals and then kind of go take it from there. Um, It's something that as of right now, I'm going to be trying to work from both coasts. I'm definitely going to be planning from the East Coast right now, but I'll eventually in the springtime be back on the West Coast, you know, auditioning and sending out tapes and hopefully doing some modeling work as well. And then hopefully that will just kind of take momentum and then boom, I'll be back out there full time. Gotcha. God, well, hey, that 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 sounds great. I, you know, I would, uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the, what the product of that is. And, um, I want to. Uh, I actually want to, to finish this out. I got a couple of couple of questions. I always ask everybody that I interview, and we're now 46, 46, 47 episodes into this podcast. But I ask the same two questions to everybody at the end of every interview, and they go like this. The first one is involved with advice. The second one is sort of shameless self plugging. But I'll start with the first. Say that there is somebody out there. Maybe they're working a nine to five. Maybe they are simply disinterested from the work that everybody around them is doing, whether they're in school or in a typical job. But they have 
say it's a passion of modeling, let's just go with that, but really anywhere in the world of arts. They're not exactly sure how to start. They don't know where to start. Um, they don't have somebody coming up to them and being like, hey, I'm going to put you in a spread. And now they have seemingly no plan. They're not even sure if they want to do it. They're aware of the risks. They're worried about failing. All of this stuff, which compounded, could turn into a what we would call a dare deferred or just a, a dream that has been pushed off. So what would you say to a person who is in that position to sort of push them over the cliff there sort of as safely as possible? Um, I would probably tell them that you need to make sure that you're living in an area where you can be successful. Um, when I first started out, I was not living in an area where I could be successful, and I knew that, um, but yet I still had tried to use my resources around me. So if you're not in an area where you can be successful, figure out what you can do to get yourself to an area that you can be successful. And then once you get to that place, um, you know, work on your portfolio. Even if it's not a modeling portfolio, say you want to be an artist or an actor or a DJ, you need to composite all of the things that you're good at um, and kind of just put that all together so when people ask you or want to see your work, you have something to give them. And you're not just like, oh, well, I DJed at my friend's party the last weekend. Right. You should have been there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, business cards aren't necessarily like something that you need, but you need to have some sort of like object to represent who you are as an artist and whatever type of artist that you are. Um, because there's been tons of times that random people have asked me about stuff and I've just been like, boom, here's my portfolio. And honestly, because it's a digital age, you can have it right on your phone. You can have it right on a USB plug. Like, you know, like it's, it's so convenient now. And that's just, that's what I would say. You just got to use your resources around you. So it's important to be somewhere where you can be successful. Got it. That's been my biggest setback. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, for a bit of backstory on me briefly before I jumped to this last one, my, uh, a lot of my background, isn't acting, and um, I had a I had a choice. The whole reason why I really started this show is a choice between at the end of school to either enter a standard nine to five, steady rate of pay, good job. Ended up taking that job, and you can yeah, I'll explain that in a second. The other side was to go into acting. I, I had I had an offer from not not an agent, but a manager who at the time was managing a lot of HBO talent. He'd see me in a show uh, at school in Massachusetts, and had said. Uh, you know, you're really good. I need to see you on film. Well, I didn't have any film and I compounded with all the risks of, oh, well, you know, only one in a bazillion people make it out there. I just didn't do it. And so getting back into anything, presenting to an audience took me a couple of years to do. And I, now if I were to ever go into something acting, I, I do know that's great advice. I do know that like at the end of the day, like if I'm not in Hollywood or if I'm not in New York or if I'm not in somewhere that has a lot of like film stuff going on, it's you're, you could plan all day. But if you don't put yourself in the environment where success can foster itself, you're, you're probably not uh, you're probably not going to get there and you probably haven't planned efficiently. So that's great advice. And for anybody listening, anybody ends up seeing this, that is a good uh, it's a good idea. You know, relocate to an area where you're more likely to succeed because you're, you can only stack the deck in your favor at that point. Um, I, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Interrupt. <laughs> interrupt. It's your, your show. Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah.
I, I didn't have any money. I still have no money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. Like, but you, you figure it out. You get out there and you figure it out. If you really want it, you figure it out. And if not, you go home. That's what you do. <laughs> you, heard, you, you heard it here, folks. Take that advice to heart. You don't need, you don't need to be pretty seriously bankrolled to do this kind of thing. You really don't. Last question for you, Victoria, and it's an easy one. If folks want to continue to follow your story or to follow you newly, see what you're up to, see where you are, where can they follow you today across social media or elsewhere? Yeah, so I have a um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of them is some variation of Victoria Winters. I believe my Instagram is at Victoria underscore Winters, W-I-N-T-E-R-S. But my Twitter is at Victoria, no space, winter, but the I is the number one and there's no S. So it's a little trickier on Twitter. That's why I have a lot less followers, I think. <laughs> but, um, and then my Facebook fan page is just Victoria Winners. So check me out. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, Victoria Winners, thank you so much for being on the show today. I hope everybody has, has enjoyed all of the questions again, as, as I've looked through the comments and the joinings we've had, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people come through and, and, and plenty of great questions here. So uh, everybody really appreciate you joining here for our first live podcast on To Dare Is Human. Plenty more coming your way, plenty uh, more uh, dares to look into and plenty more stories to be revealed. So uh, Victoria, thanks very much for coming on the show and uh, best of luck to you uh, in your endeavors over the next year. Hope to see you in some music videos or national commercials uh, to come. And you can check out Victoria on social media, Instagram at Victoria underscore Winters, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Victoria Winters Bikini Model, and Twitter at Victoria Winter. That's with a one in the place of the I in winter. Also, no S at the end of that Twitter handle. Thanks so much for joining me, Victoria. It was a great interview, and I'm so glad to be able to share your story here. To hear more from this program and to keep up to date, head over to the podcasts app or wherever you choose to listen and subscribe to the show. And if you have time while you're at it, leave me a rating and a review as well. I'd really appreciate that social proof. I got a new one recently and I'll always, uh, until I get hundreds or thousands at a time, post it up on social media just to show you what people are saying about the show. So if you haven't listened, it gives you an enticement to do so. Elsewhere, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Human. And TadarasHuman.com is the place where I aggregate everything and take your written or voice-recorded suggestions for new content, connections to new guests, and overall just feedback for me. All right, I'll be back again next week with another great story to be shared, another great dare to be divulged. And until then, I've been your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much for listening, and you'll hear from me again next week. Peace! Like what you hear? Stay up to date with Tadare is Human by subscribing and following across social media. And until next time, keep daring.